I guess you're not. You're off this morning, right? Shelly, Shelly, Shelly. Are you there? Brad, Brad, Brad. <laughs> I throw you the cue and you don't pick it up, right? You throw me the cue. Right. That was funny. Oh, I did. I, I said, are you working? And there was silence. So that means you're not working, right? No, that means I... Yeah, that's pretty much what that means. <laughs> Can I tell you something? That's not true. I turned on my microphone so I don't sit there and bother you on the air and make all kinds of noises and Shelly and then you say something and you don't give me a chance to turn my pot up Shelly let me assure you you're never a bother uh-huh <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face Brad <laughs> you're never a bother uh, okay <laughs> excuse me um Yesterday, every once in a while, I don't know how this happens, I come across something which is like a fact that I did not know, and I'm somewhat amazed by it, and I started to do a deep dive in that. And I will report back to you on what turned out to be my deep dive yesterday, late afternoon, early evening, as I'm sitting eating dinner, and I dove into this, and I'm thinking to myself, I am fascinated by this guy. And you know who the guy is? Oh, my goodness. Vanderchuk? No, 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 no. It's a wonderful life, okay? Oh, yes. Clarence or... or um, Jimmy Stewart. George. Jimmy Stewart, okay? Yep. Jimmy Stewart, a beloved actor. Do you yes. know Do you know the military side of Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, he was, he was pretty bad at... Um, he was pretty bad. Well, here's the interesting thing. Archibald Leach? Uh, he was in the United States Army... Then he was in the uh, uh, Army Air Forces, and then he was in the United States Air Force, okay? He was in the Army, and this is what's interesting. He was in the Army from 41 to 47. And keep in mind, yeah, 41 to 47, um, and he was a bomber pilot, a B-17 pilot, and I'm trying to think how many, how many, I don't have career, personal life, um, the interesting thing is he started in 32, he did, he did 30, uh, 32, he did, he did theater and then he did film and then he did quite a few roles. And then in 41, when the war uh, broke out, he joined the army air force. Now, a lot of the people, a lot of the Hollywood stars who were in the army during world war two were not really on the front lines. They were like, you know, they would do like motivational movies, you know, things like, like that. Um, anyway, uh, uh, he was a bomber pilot and he flew, I believe, B-17s. I'm trying to think how many he had. And the other interesting aspect, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, 1941, 1947. Uh, his father Derv, uh, served during both the Spanish-American War and World War One. After being rejected low weight in November of 1940, get this—they they said you're too you're too light, you're too you're too skinny. He enlisted in February of 41. Okay, now keep in mind what's interesting about this is we didn't get into World War Two until you know as far as it was de, you know declared until December of 41. So he was already in the army, you know, essentially seven oh February. He was in the army ten months before. We declared war on Germany and Japan. Okay, so February forty-one. Okay, he goes in there. My phone again. Um, 
He reported for induction as a private in the Air Force and the Air Corps March 22nd, 41. Soon to be 33 years old, he was over the age limit for aviation cadet training, the normal path of commissioning for pilots. Therefore, applied for an Air Corps commission on both college graduate and licensed commercial pilot, because he was. Sturt received his commission as second lieutenant on January 1st, 1942. War was already going on for a month. He made no new commercial films, although he remained under contract to MGM. His public appearances were limited to engagements for the Army Air Forces. Uh, during the war, he was stationed in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then he was shipped off to England. And he was part of he was a pilot of B twenty four Liberator. That's right, not a B seventeen. He flew numerous missions over uh, and 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 uh, to the point where uh, he was awarded Distinguished Flying Cross, Second Bombardment Wing. He got the French Cross de Guerre with Palm and the Air Medal with three oak leaf clusters. Stewart was promoted to full colonel on March 29, 1945. Now get this. Then he gets promoted and he's out of the army at 47 uh, in 1947. Okay. And he goes back in, back in the army, in the Air Force. Again, keep in mind, he's making movies. You know, in the meantime, he goes back into the army. Let me find the dates again. In 47, he goes out. And as as regular army and stays in as, as Air Force Reserve in 47, he retired in 68 as a major general. Wow. <laughs> he was a major general. Yeah, he was pretty B.A. 68. Now, keep in mind, in 1968, he was born in 1908. So. Oh, wow. He was 60 years old when he retired from the Air Force. 60. My dad was my dad was 62 when he retired from the army. Now, let's go let's fast forward to today, okay? Okay. Very common for a lot of the actors of that era to be involved in World War II. Some of them saw combat just like he did. He was a bomber pilot. Flew missions over Germany. How many name me an actor today who let's say the stuff really hits the fan with Ukraine? And the defecation contacts the rotary oscillator. Right. And the federal government says, the Army, the DOD comes out and says, we need every able-bodied American man. Name me the actors today that you think that would join the Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy. You, can you think of any of them? Well, I don't know of the ones that, you know, are of the different generation. I think that, um, you know, I don't know because... How, to me, Hollywood at the at, at the time that we're in think that they can do a better job for the United States by being themselves and speaking out. But see, back in the day, let's go back and review how Hollywood was back in the day. I know that. Hollywood back in the day was pro-America. You know, we're going to, hey, we're going to rally the troops. We're going to, you know, that's what, you know, think about what Bob Hope used to do. Bob Hope used to go literally do his appearances and rally the troops through, uh, you know, the Vietnam War. I think he did in the Korean War as well, too. And that's what he did. Now, he was too old to be, you know, he was, you know, at old at that point. So he wouldn't have been drafted or anything like that. But once again, that's what he did. He supported the troops. Okay. Once again. How many of our current actors would do that? And how many Hollywood producers would go, you know, we're going to write it. We're going to do a movie about about how, uh, you know, things need to be different, how we need to rally around the flag. No, 
the movies that come out right now would be, hey, this is a terrible war. We shouldn't be involved. You know, armies corrupt. Uh, they're not, nothing but a bunch of killers. And the Air Force, all they do is drop bombs on innocent people. And the Marines, all they do is they land on beaches and they kill innocent people. They land on, 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 you know, on beaches at resorts and they kill all the people at the resorts. That would be the current Hollywood producers, don't you think? Probably. <laughs> Things have changed, definitely. If, if I had to guess, but, yes. See, they talk about the greatest generation that my father was one of. We had no idea of what my what my dad accomplished in World War II until he died. And we got his, what, DD-214, whatever, and found out he had not one, not two, but three bronze stars with valor, whatever they call them, you know, like combat bronze stars. Going like, holy cow. What did he do? And he probably never talked about it, did he? Never. Never. I the mean, only thing that my daddy, who was, well, my stepdad who was in um, World War II, is he would talk about how they land. They were the first boat to land on Sasebo, Japan, after they dropped the atomic bomb. And he's got um, pictures of that day, and half of them are white. Yeah, because of the radiation. Yes. Right, right, right. I know it's, it's, it's. But he didn't really say anything else. Well, I don't know. I, I think the sad part is that we get to a part where we're at today that, you know, and let's go back to the 40s in World War II. Maybe we were rallied around the flag too much. Maybe we drank too much Kool Aid. I don't know. And then the Vietnam War was the exact opposite. You know, uh, we have the, the, you know, the guys who are serving, guys and gals who are serving now, and we call them heroes. Back when the Vietnam War was going, when the guys came home from their tour of duty and they were in the uh, in airports, they got spit on. You know, because yeah, they in were fact, called killers. They were killers. They were murderers. They were, they, yeah. were, you know, they were war criminals and stuff like that. Now, once again, I'll give the different side of the Vietnam War. I, I was, you know, of age going through that war. When I flew helicopters with Alan Barklage and Dion Yunkin and uh, Bill uh, McIntyre uh, to a man, every last one of those guys had been be in Vietnam War in combat. Barklage shot down three times. Dion Yunkin, I don't, you know, he wouldn't even talk about some of the stuff. He used to fly caribou and he used to drop, you know, green beret at 500 feet, low level insertion behind enemy line, enemy line stuff like that. To a man, every last one of those guys, if you say. The war was back on in Vietnam. They would re-enlist. Matter of fact, I told the story one day. Dion Yunkin was this tall Texas boy. And uh, one day I come to the office, find traffic, and I fly in the morning, and I then go back to the station in Clayton, and I go back in the afternoon and fly in afternoon traffic. And I walked into the office, and we had a little small little office at the airport, one of the tea hangers. And Dion's sitting on his on, on his chair, on his, on his you know, like a office chair, sort of reclined. He's got his feet up on the desk. Texas boy's got his cowboy boots on, and he's got a cowboy hat over his face. And he hears the door open, me walking in the door. And he says, Brad, that you? I go, yeah, Dion. He goes, time to fly? I go, no, we got about another half an hour. I said, I'm early. He says, okay. I, says, I, said, I said, you okay? Because I thought he might be sick or something. He says, yeah, I'm fine. He says, I was just here thinking about the saddest day of my life. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe you got divorced, something like that. I go, hey, what was that? He says, the day the Vietnam War ended. He says, I love that effing war. You know, and that's not, that was the, that was the, you know, I mean, like most of the, you know, people, oh, the Vietnam vets, they all came home and they had PTSD and they were going to tear up the neighborhood and they're going to, you know, steal your car and rape your daughter, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there were guys that, 
served with honor and loved every minute of it. You know, especially these guys, you know, I mean, I, you know, these guys I flew with talk about ice water in their veins, you know, I mean, like Barklage. Barklage used to talk about the fact that any job's easy unless people are shooting at you. So if people go, oh, I'm a school teacher and I've got such a tough job. Hey, you know what? They're not shooting at you. Well, for the most part, they're not. You know, some of these crazy schools they are. But, uh, you know, then the job's tough, you know? And, and once again, the idea being police, right? People shoot at police. People shoot at firemen. People shoot at EMS now. You know, I mean, people are crazy. I saw this. They are crazy. I saw this bizarre video. You know, I'm the YouTube guy. I saw this bizarre video the other day that I'm going like, what in the world is this? It was the video. It was the body cam. It was like the police department doing a debriefing on this incident where this guy was flying down the highway and he was purposely running people off the road, just running off the road. And he ran this one uh, car off the road that had four uh, people in it, mother, father, and two kids. And they were, and they, they, I, I don't know if they were illegal immigrants or what they were, but they didn't speak much English. And the body camera starts with the what the first police officer, you know, arriving on the scene. Cars literally on its side, and uh, the mother is like trying to hold her son, who's obviously, you know, he's bleeding, and you know, everybody in the car was injured. And somebody there pulled over and stopped, who spoke Spanish and was interpreting for the original police officer. And they're going back and forth, and this guy walks up and starts pushing the injured people. And the police officer goes like, who's that? His car was parked like maybe 100 feet in front of his car. It was on its side. And 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 the, and the police officer says, who's that? And the interpreter, and this guy spoke Spanish too. And and she comes, she and, you know, asks him and she says, that's the guy that ran him off the road. So he comes back. He runs him off the road. Car overturns, runs him off the road. Then he decides he's going to pick up the young boy and see that he's okay. So uh-huh. the, the police are going like, what is going on? A couple other officers show up. Pretty soon the paramedics are there. You know, the firefighters are there. So they keep telling this guy, leave him alone. Get away. We'll talk to you in a minute. We'll get your report. And the guy keeps coming over. And finally he comes over and picks up this injured boy. And one of the firefighters says, you know, forcefully, you know, put him down. You know, he could be injured. We need to get him on a, on a you know, backboard or whatever. So what does the guy do? He pulls a knife. And he starts going after the cops and the firefighters. And it's bizarre. And it's this thing where he's like chasing the firefighters around. He's chasing the paramedics around with a knife, chasing the cops around with a knife. And finally, one of the cops, they tase him and get him on the ground. He's one of these guys. Tasing didn't phase him. He gets right back up. He's going after the cops. And the police, when they did this debriefing, they did these stop action shots of the video where you could see the knife. They had the knife circled. It missed the one cop's throat by like an inch. You know, he's going after these cops, and finally they shoot him and they kill him. And guess what happened? What? People say, it's terrible that you shot and killed that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... Yeah, I do. It's that kind of world. It's like, I I mean, like, once again, there are probably 10 different occasions when this guy was trying to stab people with this knife. And it was no, like, no little utility knife. It was like a big old monster knife. And I'm going like, what is with this guy? Is this guy out of his tree? You know, he supposedly caused well, the accident. Yeah. You know, but once again, it's like, put yourself in that situation, you know? And I know in some areas of the country, did your daughter ever wear bulletproof vest when she was working North City as a paramedic? 
Did she ever work what? Did she ever wear a bulletproof vest? Did she ever wear body armor? You know, it's funny that you say that. She never wore a bulletproof vest in the city, in North City, but she did in Ferguson after the riots. Really? During the riots, yes, because she was working in Ferguson. Well, who was she working for then? Was she was she working for Christian or what? Was she was working ambulance service then? Still? Yeah, she was a paramedic, and and that was actually supposed to be her call. And and they uh, what the Michael Brown call? Yep. So so they issued her. Did she buy it on her own or the department issued? No, they issued it. Didn't mm-hmm. fit, and she was completely uncomfortable. And all it did was put in her mind exactly the danger she was in. Because of the fact that she's thinking, oh, my God, I'm wearing a Kevlar vest because somebody's going to shoot me, right? Yes. And she dealt with that all through North North City. And um, she had some pretty intense little calls. But um, she was – it was really – a different feeling to have that bulletproof vest on and to be constantly reminded that she, what she does is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and once again, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, put your, you know, uh, defer to those people who do that job every day. I mean, you know, yes. Well, that was her. Right. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. 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 Here we start yes. talking about Jimmy Stewart end up with this, right? Well, it's a show about nothing. Really. <laughs> it's a show about nothing. <laughs> We have no agenda. <laughs> Except for, oh, here, we got to end it with gas prices, okay? Here we go. Here, Brad, it, this is Uncle Brad telling you where to buy gas at today, okay? Let me find my app here, okay? Let's do let's do Franklin County first. Let's look, go down Franklin County. Let's see where the gas prices are in Franklin County, okay? We're doing Washington. Let's do Washington. Oh, Washington. Uh, not too bad. Uh, looks like like most of the places are either charging three fifty nine or three seventy nine. Matter of fact, the BP right there. Um, where is that? Uh, the BP right there at uh, East Fifth Street is three fifty nine. Uh, wow! Look at this. Walmart, Wally World's more expensive than Wally World's the most expensive place in Washmo for gas right now. Three seventy nine. Really? Yes. Murphy is three seventy nine. Oh, Casey's is three seventy nine. The Amico Station. Uh, on West Fifth Street is three fifty nine. Um, so yeah, so so good old uh, good old Wally World isn't is cheap. Let's go down to Union. What's going on in Union? Uh, the Shell Station right there on N or excuse me on on N. Why did I say N? On forty seven is is three fifty nine. Once again, pretty much everything. Everybody's charging either three fifty nine or th- oh, there's one station is three eighty nine. That's the Moto Mart three eighty nine. Okay, let's go into St. Charles County. Let's see what's going there. Uh, uh, New Melly. $3.79 a gallon at the Phillips station right there on, uh, mm-hmm. is that double D or D, whatever it is. Gotta lose track of all my Ds. Uh, <laughs> Highway N, Phillips is $3.79. Wentzville, Sam's Club, Sam's Club in Wentzville is $3.79. Wow. They're supposed to be the cheapest. They are not. They are, Sam's Club is $3.79. There's a K, a Circle K on 61 in Flint Hill that is four fifteen a gallon. 4:15 in Flint Hill this Yowza. morning. Uh, Phillips Station uh, in Lake St. Louis at 3.95. Uh, Conoco uh, in uh, where's that? St. Peter's it's 3.79. Oh, excuse me, that's in O'Fallon. Let's look here. Uh, Cottleville uh, right by your house. I think that's the uh, the smoking place. What is that? Uh, dirt cheap dirt cigarettes. Cheap. 3.79. I was so proud when they when they converted that Hardee's into a dirt cheap. 
379 and the QT right next door is 379. The Hawks on St. Peter's Colville Road is 379. Randy's gas station at uh, the Car Wash Country Club Car Wash across from uh, Deerberg's at, at 94 and Mid Rivers at 379. That seems to be the price in St. Charles County. Oh my god, Circle K? Holy cow, Circle K is usually cheap. The Circle K right across from Mercy right there on Ohms Road, you know what I'm talking about? Right, right. 415. 415 a gallon circle k and i need to get gas and red let's see where let's see where the wallet let's see where sam's club is what's sam's let's see if sam's is cheap sam's is 358 that seems to be the cheapest price anywhere in st charles county and you know what you know do you ever been by that sam's club my son works there uh, on 94 or no, no, not 94. The one up there off of Zumble Road. Zumble, yes, Zumble, I have. Veterans Memorial Parkway between Zumble and, and 94. Okay. Yes. If you want to throw. Did you get the picture I sent you? Yes. If you want to throw back to <laughs> the old days, go to that gas station. You know why? Why? Gas lines. I'm sorry? Gas lines. People in line. Sometimes five, six, seven cars deep. So why is that a. a, um, a positive thing that i would want to go seek out i'm not saying it's a positive same i think it's a throwback remember back back in the day maybe you're oh, too young for yes, that you yes, used to have yes. gas lines you know you the gas the, it's, it's sort of like now people line up to go to chick-fil-a back in the day they lined up to get gasoline see how things have changed <laughs> see how much better it's gotten through the years back in the day we lined up for gasoline and now you line up for chick-fil-a and by the way i chick-fil-a folks you know what you need to put on the, the green vest and direct traffic out in front. I went by the one right there in Mid-Rivers, right across from Deerberg's, you know, up the street from the car wash right there. It's on the parking lot of Home Depot. Yes. They're out on the on, uh, on Mid-Rivers, blocking Mid-Rivers. Dude, you know, I mean, send a guy out there that when they get that long, just tell him, hey, go across the street to McDonald's. Eat some meat. Right? <laughs> right? I mean, don't block traffic. Oh, that's funny. You know, and, and, and you can say, hey, you know what we normally would say eat more chicken? Well, today we're going to say eat more meat. McDonald's doesn't have a big line. Go over there, right? Or go up to Freddy's. But, but Chick-fil-A's got that, you know, that quick service. And it's, and it's I mean, people are actually making, doing theses about it. What's that? Chick-fil-A? The, the way that Chick-fil-A gets their lines through. Remember, remember the Austin Powers movie, where, the spy who shagged me. No, no, no. The, the the Austin Powers, the original movie. Remember who who is the where you know Goldfinger. Where, yeah, well, I can't remember whatever it was. Where Mike Myers plays both, and he plays what's what's the evil guy's name, and he talks about there's a line in there where he talks about or somebody talks about the fact that Kentucky Fried a Chicken million billion no, dollars. The Kentucky Fried Chicken puts chemicals in their chicken to make addictive stuff like that. I think that's what the Chick-fil-A people are doing. They're essentially saying, think so? hey, we're nice Christian people, but we put this drug in our chicken that makes people addicted to it, and they have to block traffic on, on Mid-Rivers Mall Drive in order to eat our chicken. We love it. We make lots of money, and you get three little tiny pieces of chicken for eight bucks, and, and we'd block traffic. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just used to getting the kids' meal. They don't have a kids' meal there, I don't think. Where? At Chick-fil-A? They don't I don't they they say no kids allowed. It's eighteen and up. That's not true. Stop it. <laughs> Seven twenty nine. Uh-huh.